0: Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 483's NXT update, but I am not alone of a pleasure to be joined by our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity is, of course, Monty. How's it going, man? Oh, man, I'm doing good.
1: I'm doing good. You know, uh, the G1 just kicked off. I know this is uh, not a New Japan show, but whatever stuff like that is going on, I know that I've been prime pro wrestling season, especially in the summer. So, you know, yeah, man, uh, I'm excited. You know, it's been, we got like, we got some really, really high quality episodes with NXT to get into, a lot to catch up on. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm always happy to be back and uh, and talk about NXT again. Like I always say, cradling that that, that child that we've watched grow and evolve and <laughs> be a little shit for a little bit. And then now it seems like it's getting its shit together, so.
0: <laughs> well, we, like you said, we stuck with it with the terrible twos, and now it's kind of growing up a little bit more. Uh, so, But like you said as well, it is a huge summer, and we are going to cover it all on the Double up no Podcast. Like I said, and SummerSlam coming up, and of course, all in and all out. Yep. Uh, it's just going to be cool. action-packed. And of course, with NXT, the American Bash, which is going to happen, but we've got six NXT's to catch up on on the road to the bash but before that uh, some sad news former WWE star Mike Manator Halak passed away at the age of 55 he was a former USWA Unified World Champion uh, best known as Manator his daughter announced her father passed away in his sleep on July 11th 55 years old uh, his combination of size and charisma, immediately captivated fans worldwide. He took to the ring in a giant bullhead to highlight his half-man, half-Manator persona. Yes, I did say that. He spent time at both WWE and ECW and faced some of the biggest stars of the generation, like Bam Bam, Razor and Bret Hart. Um, it's kind of a strange one, Monty, because it's not like it's Roddy. I don't want to disrespect Manator. Uh, but it was definitely, you know, like we said, it is sad to lose someone in the professional wrestling family.
1: Yeah, I think it's more so like, you know, like they, even like when we were talking about withdrawals, You you hate sometimes you hate to when when some of these things happen, you hate to bring up their career because you don't necessarily know if it's a, a <laughs> if it's a high high notes that you want to talk about it or you you don't want you definitely don't want to be negative about it. But yeah, I agree. I mean, for for someone, especially for me. I really only got a chance to know him in retrospect and listen to people talk, you know, talk about that era of wrestling when everyone had an occupation, you know, had guys working as dumpster men, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, and <laughs> all of the <laughs> insane characters that used to walk around uh, uh, the WWF. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Yeah. WWF. Yeah. These <laughs> both guys, by the way, but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Incredible. Uh, it, it seems like looking back, it's just like they really thought this would work. When you look back at it from my point of view, so like, but I I gotta commend them. It's something about it, like in wrestling, man. When you get these gimmicks, it's kind of like what uh, uh what the guys were doing in Maximum Male Models. It was a horrible gimmick. We know that they got strapped with it, but sometimes you just gotta go out there and try your best and make the best out of it. And I think that's kind of like what you can remember some of those some of these characters of some of these characters, even if they aren't the legends that are like whatever that you can think of on top of your head, you got to give them props for going. I mean, look at what you mentioned. He, he went out there looking like a complete idiot, but he you got to believe in it and you got to try to do whatever you can to try to make it work. Oh, you remember Bastion Booger? Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that was going on. So it was, it, was, it was a very interesting time, but yeah, man, it's always hard when you lose someone in the wrestling family like that, even uh, if it is uh, a guy that may not be well remembered or if he's remembered it's for like a lot of the wrong reasons. Uh, but, you know, it's also that's that, that's also a part of what makes pro wrestling what it is, too. Great. You know, those crazy gimmicks, you know, uh, like, for example, I'll never forget the very first time I saw the shock master's debut. I just never forget it. It just it, just, it was hilarious thing that you will never forget so as as crazy and as horrible as some of this stuff was it's still talked about right now it's still memorable and it's always sad when you lose a member of the like you said the pro wrestling family because uh we we, we're really really tight-knit we're weirdos when it comes to like our fans all of us we were we were a lot of us were outcasts for a long time for liking and participating in professional wrestling so we, we really really close really really tight so it's always hard when we lose someone but yeah man uh like I said, I never forget Minotaur, even if it was very embarrassing.
0: <laughs> well, th- th- I always remember Stan Lee saying once uh, about comic books: "Picks up a comic yeah. book, it's going to be their first one." So I'm sure there are people listening and people right. remember like their first wrestling match had like Manator in it. You know, <laughs> <In that laughs> right? So, again, it's you know like for every who had Manator, another generation had. Naked Midian, you know, so like I said, yeah. there is, is a real cross stitch, <laughs> but he definitely will be missed. But, like I so said, it's six episodes of NXT. So, we're going to start June 6th with Baron Corbin marching in the ring and said the NXT roster had grown lazy and arrogant. Illy Dragunov interrupted, challenge him to determine the true normal contendership for the NXT title. Baron made a great point. He was the last person to pin Roman at that point obviously WWE creative heard it and thought, well, right, we better sort that out. I uh, can't have <laughs> let Baron have that for much longer. Um, but the question is Monty, we've been doing this for a while. Like I said, it's our baby. Has the hunger in NXT changed over the past few years? Is Baron right? Uh, yeah,
1: I think, uh, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff. It's it's a very, very complex, but I do think he, he has a point when it comes to, uh, the attitude I think back in the day or like, especially in those early days of when it was just on the network and it was a shorter show and you had the Finn Balor's, you had the, the Kevin Owens, the Sami Zane, Cesaro, you know, all the, all the people that we, that you remember from that era that really started to get these takeovers and all that, you know, taking off the way they did. Uh, it was a hunger there. It was a, it was a, it was, they they had a pride to prove that they are, that NXT, that brand that they were on, so also with the ladies, Bailey, Sasha. I don't want to leave, just, you know, they, them out too because they raised the bar a hundred percent. Also, you know, but what I'm trying to say is like it was a pride about NXT that they wanted to prove that while they were on NXT that we are the best brand of wrestling, and that kind of continued on, you know, uh, into the Chopper and the DIY areas and uh, eras and stuff like that, and the Garganos and you know, and just. The many different eras, it kind of continued on. But then they had a period of time where maybe they got complacent. Maybe some of their egos did kind of come into play. And you can kind of see that, you know, instead of trying to show and put out the best product every single time, like the era that Baron Corbin was there, was in NXT. Uh, you know, there's many reasons for it. That's why I say it's compl- all up, all types of stuff. Changing direction when they went to 2.0. All type the pandemic, like all types of things, really, really affected and changed the nature of it. And then it's also generations. I mean, now we got people like I love Thea so far in her career, but we got people like Thea Hill running around who's 19. Like, they, like the mentality is going to be completely different because they a lot they're they're a lot greener. It's a lot younger. A lot of the talent that was running around in that golden era of NXT were veterans, people who like brought, you know people who have been doing this a long time. You know, Gargano. Champa, a lot of those guys have been doing wrestling, Kevin Owens, they've been wrestling around the world for a long time before they kind of became in the forefront. Even Finn Balor, like I could keep going down, Shinsuke, everyone that you could think about, all of these guys kind of had a name and a, and a, and a, a stature about them before they even showed up. Well, you know, after 2.0, a lot of that, the, a big bulk of the roster, and the, after all the firings and all the turnover, that mentality changed. A lot of these people are still trying to learn the business in general, not, you know, not just show that uh that this brand is the best wrestler they have to learn how to wrestle before you can even get to that point of trying to do that and you know maybe you have a little bit of entitlement there a lot of a lot of people who are older and we love throwing around entitlement to describe the younger generation so it, it would fit right in so i really liked the promo because i thought it was, it was really strong you know even if it's a, a heel mindset uh, i thought that what he was saying is, is not wrong and very valid in a lot of cases Especially when you think about his perspective, that era of NXT that he was in, and just and then when he kept he hammered home a couple of times another promo how long it's been like it's been eight years, yeah things are gonna be different, you know what I'm saying? It's been a long time.
0: But <laughs> well, like you said, there's a difference between getting talent like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in compared to mm-hmm. David Kemp. So again, right? You know they even joke about Carmella Hayes having there really is no main event and talent in nxt anymore it's just like a developmental brand which has changed so if you know like i said we're going to make it into a third brand need more kind of competition with places which i'm sure you know will come along uh before soon i mean look at someone like Elio Dragonoff, you know and he had the massive black bruise on the right side of his body from battleground uh and we saw after the face of the well, trick williams Ooh. clothesline in corbin out of the ring. I loved Trick Wanton Baron. I think, apart from Shah, Trick may be my new favourite corner guy ever. I can't think of anybody else that just like, you know, he's just there for him. Um, the Tsar yeah. didn't have a great day because as he headed to the back, he was ambushed by <laughs> Ron <laughs> Breaker. You saw Duke Hudson with Thea Hale with a tough training session with Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak. Diamond Mine versus Schism. Nile had Ava locked in the dragon sleep he saved her. Ava headbutted the rival, Metal Master still the win, but Diamond Mind looked great. We saw Challenge and Stack Lorenzo and met Tony D in jail, and promised to make Gallus pay. I do you know what Tony D? I never liked him, but the Cash Nashian, whatever he was trying to say, and I was like, I don't know if he's meant to be funny or not, but I'm here for this at the moment, and I don't know why I shouldn't be. But I am, not stacks. fuck stacks. but Tony D, a little bit for me. Um, we saw Blair Davenport beat Danny Palmer. I don't know if the smoke machine worked in that match, actually. Uh, and Trick Williams was given first shot Baron Corbin. One end of days later, and Baron had been more successful in NXT than his past three years on the main roster. Uh, he will fight Dragonoff next week. Did Corbin forget his gear? You know, because you're looking at it and you're thinking, Baron, maybe try a little harder. You know,
1: right? Look like he looked like he was in his nightwear, like something you about to wear to bed, or <laughs> <laughs> something like. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you're 100 percent right. I think I think it's a perfect. Now, in hindsight, though, I think it was yeah. like, you know, he's he's literally in between who he is at this point, so it makes sense, but. Also, I want to mention Trick. By the way, you say corner man and backup guy, and he's a hundred percent right there. I'm hundred percent with you when it, with his managerial or just being the guy next to the guy right now. But man, I, I must say, I don't know if he's level up or whatever it is he's been doing on main. On the every now and then he's on main event, but he has improved. And I think in this match against Baron Corbin, you can see flashes that yeah, man, he he's not he's not just gonna be that corner guy for a while. They're gonna start using him more and more, you know, not only on his own, but maybe next to Melo too. So you can see a little bit of that in this match.
0: Yeah, 100% with that. Uh, We see Mustafa Ali probably would finally win gold in NXT. The NXT North American champion was ready to hand the free agent a title opportunity, but Ali wanted to earn it. He uh, then beat Joe Gacy. And it's nice Mustafa Ali goes to the same hairdresser as AJ Styles. Because wherever they're going, they are getting a great job. <laughs> like lions, they are. They really are. Yeah. Um, backstage, Joe Gacy needs to really reevaluate even what was costing him wins. Probably being <laughs> shit. Uh, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that might he, be part of it. Yeah, might be part of it. And he convinced <laughs> Bate and Lee that they need to fight one-on-one. We get hard-hitting home truce with Jagan Lee joining Nathan Fraser as senior international correspondent and made fun of Noam Dar. Now, if this segment was 15 years ago, Dragon Lee would have been slated in this. He would have had a Mexican get-up, do you know what I mean, Slack sombrero, <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. did accept the challenge with complete confidence. There's no stopping the metaphor, he says. Check, please. At this point, I put it's going to get over. Didn't know what was going to happen, you know. But it is quite (laughs) funny because, in metaphor, I am the Noam Dar of the group, which (laughs) is interesting. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, we can let the girls argue who's lash legend. You know, we can.
1: I don't know. I won't order on to dye his hair back black. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'll take it for now. I'll take
0: it. <laughs> well, Eddie Ford... Please dye your hair.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eddie Ford beat Damon Kemp with Kemp's foot on the rope, so this ain't over. Realizing too many teams were closer than them in NXT, <sighs> Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade agreed to fight each other next week. After a series of distractions from Axiom, he saved scripts from a mugging at the hand of Dabakata. He caught Kato with a return somersault back elbow before stacking up the big man for surprise free count. After his loss, though, Kato made Axiom and Reggie pay laying them out. Axiom took the loss last time, and it's not going to get better. And I think you know me. I know you, Monty. But I think they've they've dropped the ball a little bit with Axiom and the momentum that he did have, especially with his performance at deadline, you know, with a crowd was seemingly behind him. I'm not saying he's not gonna get to that point, but at the moment with Dabakato and Scripps, it's not looking good. <laughs> yeah, but I
1: think they went off script. Ah. No, okay. No? Okay. Anyway. anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't I'm I'm not trust me, man. I really I really call him Reggie all the time. <laughs> booker t had a hilarious sound bite about reggie at one point about uh making like he can't believe he wants to believe that his family members call him scrims <laughs> and Vic was like what do they call him reggie is what they call him <laughs> anyway i'm sorry it, it was great yeah but yeah I, I agree with you about the momentum axiom seemed like he was right on course for you know either uh Maybe a, a legit run at the North American title uh, or whatever. I, honestly, anything is better than being wrapped up in this that he's in right now that he that he's been in. So I agree. They kind of let that, that 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 how over he was cool off a little bit. But I think honestly, I think at this point they like ah we just we put him in the ring with the right guy again. He'll be he'll be right back home.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well we get the NXT Women's Championship number contender battle royal. I will say they have nailed Lyra's entrance. When she came out, I was kind of, oh, my God, they've got it now. This character that we've seen in the UK has now kind of, you know, been adjusted somewhat, and it worked really, really well. Elra Mensa saved Jakara Jackson from elimination. Later, Faroz and Leon took up both Jackson and Lesh Legend. The Hills eliminated right afterwards. Blair Davenport arrived to watch from ringside. Perez rolled out to attack her. Tatum Paxley eliminated herself to help Davenport. Why? I, this is infuriating sometimes when there's no. At problem. first,
1: I was like, yeah, okay, well she got a partner. And then after this, they don't even have any interaction, <laughs> I don't think. So I'm like, so she did that for nothing.
0: <laughs> Just because they had mascara on. Dark Miscava. That's the only connection. J.C. Uh, Jade right. <laughs> tried to eliminate Lyra, but got sent to the floor where heads as takedown. Jade then kicked Valkyrie off the ropes for relation. The favourites began to fall. We started to panic. It might be Dana Brooke. Uh, but fear Hale appeared, eliminated both Cora Jade and Dana Brooke for the biggest win of her career. They filled with Chase U students at the end to celebrate Hale. Uh, fear Hale's another character. Like we said, Chase U. I would be the first to admit, a year and a half ago, two years, I was not there at all. I know you're an RJ Chase fan, but I cannot believe that Fia has got to this position of self-support behind her with this gimmick. It's just, I can't believe it's working.
1: (laughs) You know, I I would like to pat myself on the back and say that I was there first, but I'm goofy. So I'm 100% like you, I 100% agree. I didn't even think it would get to this extent, you know, to where you you can get legit title shots and legit, legitimately want people to uh, – people would want you to win. So, like, uh, I like I 100% am with you, especially with her, you know, character. I thought maybe it would come off as too annoying, but they've done a masterful job, you know, even with Duke's inclusion. Like, the entire time Duke has been in it, me and you just been waiting for the hammer to fall, and it's just like he fits right in there, you know, uh, – you know, perfectly so far. And uh, I, I have to say, uh, even though I was a fan of Andre Chase, even when he was losing and all of that, and I kind of, I'm always into the, to the vignettes. I chuckled at them all from the very beginning. It's very, very cool to see an organic built, you know, type of babyface group in this way. And, um, uh, yeah, I 100%, I 100% agree. It was an awesome moment, uh, for her in, in this spot to win, uh, and, uh, get an earned title shot. You know, that's like, again, I, Honestly, I thought it would take time. I thought it would take a long time, especially knowing her age and she's legitimately 19 years old. So it's like, (laughs) you thought it would take a lot more time, but she has grown in, in, in however long you've been, I guess you're right over a year or so it's been going on. And I think uh, it's kind of cool that they have credibility now when it started out that they seemed like it was just going to be jobbers or just a joke, just a Mm. joke vignette. They've, they stayed with it. Like, again, sometimes you just got to stick with it and let the cards fall where they may, you know? And uh, I think everyone, all three of them, have knocked it out of the park right now.
0: And it is even like, you know, thinking of main roster aspirations, like an Alpha Academy Chase You collaboration or whatever it is, would be so much fun as characters, even though they've obviously still got stories to tell on NXT. But the biggest story of the night was Bron Breaker shockingly challenging Seth Rollins, to defend his heavyweight championship on NXT. And we then move on to June 13th. Start of a six-man action. Wesley, Tyler Bate, Mustafa Ali versus Schism. Messy final sequence uh, with Joe Gacy nearly pinning Wesley, but Tyler Bate ran into knockout Jagger Reed with a Tyler drive 98 to win. Backstage Ali convinced Lee to defend against Bate next week with him as a special guest referee guaranteeing a fair result. Mm, looks like Ali has a plan <laughs> forming. forming. Uh, Dragonoff tried to rush a ring after Bron Breaker arrived, but officials pulled him back. Seth Rollins interrupted the Titan and agreed to a match next week for the NXT World Headweight Championship. Now, Monty, has anybody been more over on the Titan in the NXT? <laughs> Seth Rollins, he was more over than most of the talent on the show. You know, just... that is the star power NXT has been crying out for.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what I've known. That's the one, I'm not going to say it's a drawback, because I still love all the inclusion of the main roster so far. But that's the one thing you notice immediately. You can tell when a main roster, even when Ali came out out of the crowd, like someone who's been losing regularly, you know, in his main roster appearances, when he shows up there, Corbin, too, even though it's mostly juniors for the most part, the reaction that the main roster guys get is like, wow, you're 100% right. You could tell the difference, but you like Seth Rollins, yeah, it was on another level. Like, he, he was like, it was like, that's like all, I guess, especially in that small arena, it was like off the 98. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Uh, Shawn Michaels announced the next two weeks would be NXT Gold Rush. The first main event would be Rollins versus Breaker. And Carmella Hayes defend against the winner of Corbin versus Dragunov. Those were good two main events. I don't think it's like I said, LeBron, what else can he do in NXT? And this is literally the last thing he can do <laughs> in NXT, maybe. We see <laughs> Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey taunting Hale about poor technique in the Battle Royal. Hudson called Andre Chase again, begging him to return. Another thing we didn't think was going to come from these guys. Fia Hale used that anger and crushed. I mean, thanks to Dana, I suppose. I mean, Brooke can't even get that right. You don't need to manage someone who already has one, if you know what I mean. Like, there's no point in that. Uh, Fia Hale, though, had help today from Charlie Dempsey, Drew Gulak, Andre Chase in spirit, Duke Hudson, Dana Brooke, and the ref who took Cora's kendo stick. So it does take... Uh, you know, uh, people to build a village, as it's known. Stratton Versailles was announced for Gold Rush. Uh, and then we get the Heritage Cup. Ora Mensah on behalf of Noam Dar versus Nathan Fraser. Noam Dar announced he was attacked by Fraser backstage and we need Ora to step in to fight for his honour instead. Now, Monty, before we get to the match, why the fuck would Noam Dar do this? <laughs> because he's held the title for about two and a half years now. And, I mean, he's known Aura Mensah for about, what, two and a half months? Why would you put that much faith in someone? I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my my thing is that I wish that they just could have, like, I, I, yeah, I agree. I don't like, if he's hurt legitimately, and this is the reason, like, he got hurt in the mellow match or whatever, or whenever it could have happened, and that's the reason why I would really prefer it that way, because you're 100% right. It just seemed like uh, uh, a very, very, it it just seemed like a problematic decision from the beginning. Like, it just didn't make sense, you know? And then in this way, I understand that you got an angle whenever Noam comes back that he can always tell Nathan, like, you you did not beat me. But at the same time, it's just, at the same time, it don't really work when you willingly put all of that responsibility on Oro, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't understand it. I wish he kind of got forced into it. Like, he came out and, let's say, Sean or someone didn't believe that he really hurt. And, uh, then it, and like, if you are really hurt or whatever, then you'll let Oro defend it for you. Like, say it that way. Mm-hmm. Instead of him doing it all on his own like it was some type of perfect master plan. And then that's another problem I have with it is how do you think Noam is? Do Noam know how he has become the longest rated? Where's the shenanigans? They try. They did it for one fall, but you need more than you know. Like I wanted him slide a crutch in the ring. Anything, you know, as eventually because again, you you need to help him out in this case. But you're right. He put a whole lot of blind faith in Oro, and predictably, <laughs> we have the result. So, yeah. They, uh, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. I don't agree with that decision either.
0: No, well, Nathan Fraser managed to win two falls to one, even though Metaphor tried to help which was pointless. So, yeah, after all that time, I mean, Darby's injured, like I said, might have to look at the bigger picture, but it was just such a kick of teeth. And it's not having a go at Nathan Fraser. Fair play to him. And especially when his mate, Seth, it's almost like, you know, Nathan's saying to him, you know, Seth, tra- he's going to be in two weeks. And they're like, right, let's put the Heritage Cup on him. <laughs> let's let's show right. him that we're using him. I'm... <laughs> Um, I don't
1: want to accuse them of no. that, but that is de- exactly what it looks like. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, we see Axiom and Scripps, like uh, tag team together, taking down Dabo Keita, uh hitting the golden ratio to win. Afterwards, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza, oh, Angel Garza laid out the superhero team. Uh, that's Axiom's job. Get all these over. That's all you have to do. <laughs> make, make it work for every single <laughs> one of them. Uh, we see Edris and It'd be Uffey. easy
1: if they just start calling him Reggie yeah.
0: again. promise you. Anyway, oh, God. <laughs> well, T we and Offy and Malik Blade went to war to get close as a tag team. With the latter stole pinfall victory with a small package. The teammates hugged it out afterwards. And confirmed he knew Blade's birthday. Uh, Booker T announced that Offy <laughs> and Blade, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, Hank Walker and Tank would fight in the Triple Threat next mat- next week. Where the winners would face Gallus the following week. Of course, a brawl broke out between them. Roxanne Perez beat Tatum Paxley. Afterwards, Perez called Davenport, Ooh. promised payback. <laughs> uh Davenport talked about why she I mean Davenport. I mean, I'm not saying she's got more rivals than Kenny Omega right now, but like she's <laughs> talking about attacking Nikita Lyons, Wendy Choose, so rude. Like, yep. When those fuckers come back, Flair's <laughs> right. To like, for
1: I hundred percent agree with you. It's like at some point, it's like I don't know if I would have took credit for all of them. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like uh, I don't. You, we don't, I don't know. Everyone's come back, but like literally, you got three people that when they decide to come back, whether it's to help Roxanne, down like, I maybe Blair has a plan. Like maybe, like again, I think she needs to recruit Tatum or recruit some more people. That's what I would do in this situation. Like get some, get some girls on your side because you have a troop of girls. <laughs> Who all going to have a beef with you? So it's going to yeah. be like, like,
0: uh, Logan Paul with money in the bank if she's not caring. Right. <laughs> it's gonna
1: be bad. Soon as she gets a title shot, five women yeah. return.
0: <laughs> we see Damon Kemp harass referees' locker room but he's lost his really four. Four For Perrin said he would face Kemp in any kind of match. And I'll tell you another thing about NXT, and especially this month, I love how LGBTQ plus NXT is, you know, with the amount. Of romance, romances, Now, I'm an actually, I'm an actually a kid, you know, and to think now with these relationships and romances that we have, of course Tony D and Stacks, you know, talk about how romance, even in prison, Stacks will not kind of give up. Von Wagner telling Robert Stone, "It was always you, and no one else." You it was know? always it's, you. It was always <laughs> you, right? <laughs> And off he knowing Malik's birthday and not quitting him. He said, I'm not going to quit you. I know your birthday. Again, brilliant. And now we get a video of Bronco Nema and Lucian Price and how they got together. <laughs> they say they have each other and that's all they need. People try to keep them apart, but they're still together and NXT is not ready for them. What, what heartwarming time we live in Monty, you know?
1: Oh um, yeah, it's
0: kind of kind of weird when you put it all into perspective
1: like that because it's just so much at one time. I didn't even think about all of the all of the uh, when you put them together. I it's like damn, they might be doing this on purpose. Like I didn't think about that, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I agree hundred percent. It's kind of so it's a funny way to build not only a tag division but. <laughs> Even a managerial relationship <laughs> gets through in there, too. So, it's just, yeah, they're covering a lot of bases here.
0: A party, uh, party. Definitely feeling. I'll say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of, they call it a male soap opera for a reason. And, yeah, I, I'm starting to get those soap opera vibes.
0: Well, and then we had the number one contendership match. Uh, Baron Corbin versus the off And even with injured ribs, he had Baron Corbin on the ropes. But a timely distraction from Bron Breaker Sap Lazar for end of days, which still the win Afterwards, as Kamala Hayes took out the Lone Wolf and stood tall. Baron and Schultz, he has definitely forgot gear. Um, I know knows Corbin is one of the safest wrestlers to work with, so it's really funny putting him in the ring with Vader really Dragonov <laughs> because he's like the opposite. Uh, you know, it would be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, what do you think? Because he obviously can take defeats in a weird way, but we don't want to see him lose too many times.
1: Yeah, and I think, again, I think they're tipping their calf on the developmental state of it. So, like, yeah, he's Baron Corbin. He loses all the time on the main roster. But, you know, you bring even a loser on the main roster uh, down to NXT, and you see the NXT people still have to step up to his level, even if that does kind of, contradicts the whole third brand thing in a way. But, uh, yeah, man, And uh, I, I, the thing is about Corbin is I've always been a, a pretty a decent fan of his work. I don't hate Corbin. I just hate, and I think he, even he probably at this point hates a lot of the things that has been done with, with him. Like, he's just like, it's always indecision. Like, I'm not trying to say he's the most interesting wrestler in the world or whatever or none of that, but I also don't think he's horrible, and I also think the way that he uh, commands the the ring. Like, it's just some guys are just naturally bad guys. And from day one, he has been really, really good at that. And also, you know, I think the thing is about Dragunov is you can't – like you said, you got to pick your spots when it comes to uh, him losing. And I think they, they really already built in a great excuse for him with the uh, whole Braun situation. And the injury that was coming, what you know, a lot. We all, we already know he's banged up to hell from 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 uh, Dijak. So then you add on top that that you know Braun apparently speared him through the concrete, as Braun put it so eloquently. <laughs> uh, that yeah, it, it kind of makes sense that he still he wouldn't be able to muster up uh, a victory in this situation. So in this proper context, it's not a big deal that Dragonoff loses the Corbin. Even though if you look at it on paper, it's like damn, what the hell are they doing? Dragonoff losing the Corbin.
0: Again, like you said, he, he can recover. Listen, the story both men are on. I think, like I said, that's that's the important part. As we move on, June 20th to start a gold rush. Every NXT title on the line in the next two weeks. Don't mention the women's tag titles. NXT North American Championships to start off. Wesley versus the Bait with Mustafa Rally as referee. And Mustafa Rally got involved in the action. Often, simply making the match all about himself. After the title bike connected on the bop and bang to send Wesley to the floor, Ali pulled the champion back in the ring. Lee hit the cardiac kick to win. Uh, and, I, and I don't know if it was because of Ali or just kind of starting a goal rush, but I was maybe expecting a little bit more, but we kind of know the end game of this at this moment with Ali and Wesley.
1: Yeah, and I think this is another situation where they kind of booked themselves into like, a, not really a corner, but it is a room where it's like I, we don't want Tyler to pick up too many like clean losses. And we, we definitely don't want Wesley to lose the belt here. And like you said, the because the end goal is to get Ali involved. And as you said in this match, uh, he was always involved. But I did love the fact that he was going to screw either guy. <laughs> <laughs> for the most of the match he pretty much decided that I'll, I'll slow count for you I'll slow count for you I'll speed I'll speed it up for you I'll speed it up here so yeah it, it was pretty pretty uh, interesting it was a nice little dynamic to see him kind of play with the uh, two the champion and the contenders the way he did uh, but uh, yeah the end goal is kind of obvious here Ali is playing a game and uh, we'll see if he comes out the winner of that game
0: well Duke Hudson gave fair Hale hey, a big introduction who came out to celebrate with her. However, Drew Goo, like a Charlie Dempsey, just stood miserably on the side. Tiffany Stratton mocks the whole pet rally, but she got too close to Hale, who made a tap out to the Camorra lock. So, a lot we talk about Monty with Fear. There's a difference between having a title match and actually seeing like a threat, you know? And especially with this segment, you're going, well, do you know what? Maybe not next week, but, you know, in a little while, Fear is going to have that momentum by her side. Someone that hasn't got any momentum is Gigi Dolan, um, and her art was not liked by Keanu James. Great. Joe Gacy promised to really evaluate after another loss. Uh, backstage, uh, Valkyrie warned J.C. Jane about talking smack, to her, smack, talking smack about her, but I wouldn't go into the car park, Lyra. That was one place. After having an argument with someone in NXT, I wouldn't go there. We <laughs> then get number one contendership match, Jensen Briggs versus Hank and Tank. Versus Anofi and Blade. After taking out Hank, um, Josh Briggs and Brooks hit Tank with a heart attack. Idris broke up the pinfall. Malik then hit Tank with a fog splash to take the win. Deservedly so. uh, Angel Garza and Carrillo confronted Gallus backstage. promised to take the titles. Backstage, Damon Kemp told Eddie Thorpe he wanted to face him in a raw underground match. Now at that point, I was like, what? But... Let's just leave it. Let's just see. Let's just see if it works out. Uh, Roxanne Perez charged past him. We see Gabe Stevenson agreed to help Thorpe train for his fight. Uh, This is crazy, obviously, in a couple of ways. First, it's his brother. And second, whoever thought Royal Underground would be used ever again. (laughs) Like, ever. No one, ever. Somewhere, Shane is picking up a royalty check because of it. In a private locker room, Seth Rollins told Nathan Fraser he was proud of him. He then met Melo and Trick warning them to be careful against Corbin. But the only thing I was thinking is how tall is fucking Seth Rollins? He's massive. (laughs) Did you know he was that tall?
1: (laughs) How short? It really makes you think how short is Melo? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, No, but yeah, uh, definitely. You know, he definitely looked pretty, pretty big right there. And I think again, that's kind of like one of those things, uh, you don't realize none of these guys are really small, small, but like you know, you don't realize it until you get up on a lot of these guys. <laughs> that oh wow, he's legit. He's legitimately six two or whatever stuff is uh, is listed at. So yeah, yeah, no, he's he's actually you know he's bigger than you would expect. I, I believe so. I guess that's that's kind of cool. You know, you know, I'm not used. I'm still getting used to it, that. but that's just how I think because Melo is like a legitimate five foot, what nine or eight, and I'm like you know. I think that's kind of how he, he looks.
0: I thought Trick was quite tall, but he's just not. He's just mellow. He's, <laughs> he's not. <so laughs> yes.
1: yes, he's not. mellow. just a, short, yeah, a, a shorter guy. It is messed up because he's like average male, American male height, by the way. But everyone on the internet is talking about how little he is. He's just screwed up. Like, come on, man.
0: Well, i tell you what was screwed up as well. The Cora Jade versus Dana Brooke match. I don't know what happened here. Dana Brooke with the knee in the ropes. Uh, looked like she was trying a cartwheel. Why would you attempt a cartwheel after injuring your knee? I don't after know. After the knee
1: thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Had to be carried out by officials, but usually they'd probably just stop the match. And the fans really hate her. Really, really hate her. <laughs> like, yeah, <brought> back. <laughs> I felt bad for her. Cora Jade with the right knee. Um, just some of the effort, but it's some wrestlers, just it's just not natural. You know, and again, I would never say to anybody to give up, but like a whole character reevaluation. you know, like Joe Gacy. That's what Dana Brooke needs to do. Yeah,
1: she has to lean into it. In my opinion, she has to lean into it. Like, uh, you know, Mandy Rose wasn't natural, but like once she leaned into it and actually believed who she was, yes, they protected her at the beginning, but you've seen she also, she also gradually improved. I think... That's what has to happen, uh, in my opinion, for Dana. But I, I've always been a defender. Not that, not that I always thought that she was great in the ring or, or anything like that. It's more so just because, honestly, they call I, I knew from the moment they called her up back in the day that it was too soon. They called her up way too soon, so she had to learn on the road, on the fly, just you know, to help them fill out their women's roster. And I remember, she was literally listing her uh, the things she's been involved in. And, like, she was like, ah, from teaming up in Emma. I'm like, okay, I remember that. That was, that was the NXT. Yeah, I remember those days. And then she said Charlotte's protege. And I'm like, yeah, that was the beginning of her run on May Ross. Then she skipped all the way through the 24-7 championship. So, they just all those years are in between those runs where she was literally doing nothing of note that they, she could even bring up. To say so, it's just like at the same time. I'm not saying it has anything. It doesn't have anything to do with the quality of her as a wrestler. But I also know that you can't get better as a wrestler sitting backstage watching everyone else wrestle. It just it just doesn't happen. You can't. You're not going to be on the spotlight. And then for them to to bring her back down to NXT now, this many years later, people are going to expect you to be a lot better than she currently is. And And I understand completely. But they also didn't do her any favors with this whole situation because. Uh honestly, I believe the injury part, I think think some of this was trying to garner sympathy for Dana Brooke. And I just don't understand the whole, let's get up out of the stretcher and continue the whole thing, continue the match. If it was legit, take her out and let's finish it and it's done. Or let Cora J attack the gurney and then we can finish the segment that way. Anything would have been better than that. But if 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 this whole thing is just trying to show her toughness or whatever, then they really really failed in the execution of it because it just didn't make sense when you think about, like you said, not only doing the cartwheel after the initial tweak, but just everything about the presentation. It's only one person that I want to see get up off a of gurney and be and be surprised off it. Of. And you remember what happened to him the last time when that when that when that happened? when Mick Foley got up off that gurney, and, and he had fell off a of twenty percent you know out of the air. So it made a lot – it surprised the hell out of us when he got up. It was hard to be uh, in disbelief about that. But doing it after your, your knee is hurt, you expect anyone to really care that she she laid it in more on your leg when you're obviously hurt like that. No, that's that. No one's going to boo core for that, especially since we already know she's not a, a, the likable person in this situation. So, again, I think they did her a disservice with the presentation here, especially if this all went to plan. Now, even if and then they did her a disservice, if it didn't, if she got hurt and they made her and she had to come out and finish the match. I disagree with that, too. Like, let her go backstage and finish the segment another way. So, again, I, everything about that segment was just executed wrong. It was just, yeah. I don't know why it's, it turned
0: out the way it did. It's weird to want the fans, you know, when you see, like, an old dog injured, for them to want it to be taken around the back of the shed and shot. Uh, but, like we said, there yeah. might be hope. Very sad. Von Wagner <laughs> backstage finally opened up to Mr. Stone about his childhood. Surgery about having to have facial reconstruction, skull reconstruction surgery, being bullied by kids when he was, and you bastard, Monty. This made me cry. Yeah, dry. I bullied hey, him too. You were such <laughs> a fuck. Are oh, you just? I hope you feel like a piece of shit. I, 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 it's
1: sad that I didn't. Re- I didn't regret a second of it, though. <laughs> Honestly, I really did. I really don't like. I did not, I never said anything about that man personally. I just said he is not for me, not compelling whatsoever. But it is nice to get that. It's crazy what you have to, it's crazy how long you have to tell everyone that I get this guy off my TV screen for them to try to get finally show that he has a personality or has a story underneath just being a big guy. A lot of stuff I used to say was, man, they really like Agnes. Cause he's a big guy. That's the I, I, only I, thing they told you about. I can remember him. you big saying,
0: "You've saying he's got a weird shaped forehead." I remember you saying,
1: "Yes, I said it <laughs> I I said he had the Neanderthal look." And now I got an explanation for it. I, I'm not taking any of it back. I said it, and now it makes now it makes a lot more sense. Do I did I feel a ping of guilt looking at the baby picture? Maybe, but how the hell was I supposed to know that nah. again? So like whatever. I don't I don't have. That much, I don't have that much of regret. It's just because you know it is what it is. But I will say this: this is the most compelling by far that he has been. I did not skip his segment uh, immediately upon seeing him, like I have been doing for months. So that's progress.
0: Yeah, without doubt, another person improving improving is Baron Corbin. He was not impressed by Kamala Hayes' insults of his happy Corbin gimmick and talked about everything that got him his money and success. In the end he called mellow insignificant, easy for me to say, with a tone so serious it actually cut deep. We then see Lash Legends and Jakara's Jackson beat Feroz and Leon. Channel stacks Lorenzo caught Joe Coffee in the parking lot and threw him in the calf's trunk. Of course, why not? And in the W World Headweight Championship, Seth Rollins versus Bron Breaker. Rollins made Breaker away and bastards in the crowd singing until the bell rang to signal the in-ring introductions. Uh, the champion was working little slow, selling the rib injury from Monday. Break a duct to frog splash and locked in a Steiner recliner. Rollins made it to the ropes but then took a Frankensteiner into the minute you press a power slam for a great near fall. Rollins came out with the spear with a knee and hit a pedigree for a near fall. The second attempt at spear hit but he couldn't get the free, and then finally it was Seth with a curve stomp to get the job done. This was just really enjoyable, Monty. You know, it, it felt... We were watching. I don't know the old NXT or just like main roster stuff. You know.
1: Yeah, I think this proves to me that uh, now that he's badass, ass, blonde uh, breaker, or now that he finally has, uh, he's starting to pick up the pieces when it comes to character. Because honestly, and when even when he was a baby face, I figured that he was good enough in the ring. I th- I know he had room to improve, but I thought that he was definitely good enough. I think watching him with a guy like here, and I know it is Seth Rollins. And making people look good is kind of, like, been his thing for a long time now. Uh, but, man, I don't think he carried Braun in this situation. I think Braun really showed just what he can do. And uh, it was a really, really fun, like you said, really, really fun match. Kind of flashback to a classic NXT or, uh, like you said, just a really good main roster, like a Monday Night Raw main event or something. It kind of, uh, it's kind of what it gave me the vibes of also. So, yeah, I mean, it was awesome to see him. And then to kind of like to put into perspective with uh. What Mello, uh and Finn is gonna uh, gonna have going on? Like to see those situations and to see those guys with those guys in particular, you can just see it. Oh yeah, they'll be on Raw and SmackDown before you know it, doing this with other guys. And uh, and I think Braun Breaker, especially in this new uh, incarnation of him or newer incarnation of him, uh, he's really been this is probably some of the most compelling work he's been able to do, uh, on since he's been in NXT. And I think. You know, this match and something, something we'll talk a match we'll talk about later probably has been some of his strongest showing. I don't know if I just like him better and I'm gonna be honest with you. I kinda I tend to like the WWE big guys or athletic guys better in heel mode. I don't know what it is. They just seem to book those matches a little bit better than they did when they're supposed to be the unstoppable I Can Overcome Everything babyface. I think kinda like I think actually it's funny. Melo is a great heel and was awesome as a heel, but I think the role reversals for those guys, when Braun and Melo fits them perfectly. I'm not saying this will be what they do for their career, but it really fits how they wrestle and who they are. Even with Mello's confidence and cockiness, since he's not a white, since he's not just like, you know, white meat, you know, I'm smiling all the time, happy-go-lucky baby face who overcomes everything. Uh it, it kind of gives him a nice edge that, some, that a babyface, a good babyface, really needs, especially in this day and age. And the same thing goes for Bron Breaker. You know, he's, not, he's nowhere near as bland as he was now as in, this, you know, in this current format. A lot of his high-impact moves when he's being vicious, when he's uh, jeering with the crowd, he, he seems to be right at home or at least more comfortable in this role. That's just what I've seen from my estimation. Uh, What do you think? I think Braun Breaker right now is excelling in in, in this new character.
0: Yeah. Like I said, and I think it's down to the kind of cockiness, the the kind of power moves as well that they're allowed to use. And like I said, when they become baby faces, a bit more generic. And I think, like I said, Kamala Hayes is – Well, the thing with Hayes is that he is the guy in NXT at the moment. Like I said, with Braun, he's on his farewell tour. And Hayes is just, you know, just he's loving his role – and, you know, sometimes with the weight of expectation, people can fail. And it seems Carmelo, so like you said, with Trick, who's upping his game as well. But And what makes me worried is what NXT will be like once those get called up to the main roster. But I suppose that is saying in a few months rather than now, because then it's like, well, what's the main event picture going to look like? You know, without, <laughs> without this... That's... Um, Joe, Joe Gacy versus
1: well,
0: yeah. That's what I'm saying. I I just don't I just don't know. Yeah. But we'll move on to uh, gold rush week two, June twenty-seventh. NXT women's championship starts off Tiffany Stratton via Hale. The challenger had Stratton in the Kimura Lock and Dempsey pulled the rope away from the champion, but Hale did not want to win that way. She visited May Stratton tap out loads to the Kimura lock, but Gulak was arguing we're a three who did not see it. And then Hudson, Gulak, Dempsey calls a full-blown scene at ringside with Tiffany Stratton rolling up Fia Howell to survive. Uh, afterwards, Gulak and Dempsey attack Hudson, but Andre Chase made a return and saved the day over his team. So a few things here. Fia Howell can beat the champion. Uh, Tiffany, I thought, was really good, and uh, I never thought Duke would be happy to see Andre come back, but it was still a nice moment.
1: Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. Uh, it was cool to finally get, but I always kind of expected because I know Dempsey's character. Dempsey is uh, as, as cool as it was to see him be the straight man to to to, to, the, to what Chase you had going on, and uh, him and Gulak trying to you know continue to be who they are. You can always kind of see that they were like you said mentioned in the cell of the pit rally, and They were definitely miserable, so you can see that the the differences in what they would want. Versus what Chase, you was all about. i was nice to see that come to a head. What I really like the most about this is uh, they they reinforce. You mentioned she can beat the champion, but they reinforce that in more ways than just the uh the just the obvious tap out. You know, she tapped out, but it's also in a way that that uh, Tiffany won. Like I need to get out of this ring with this girl because <laughs> that I don't want to be in that Cabeur again. I can't take the chance to, of doing like you know she beat Lyra Valkyrie with her you know, uh, you know, prettiest moonsault ever and all of that. And like, she didn't even try to beat her definitively because again, I think like, like I said, let me roll her up. Let me get this right now while, while she's distracted, while this is going on and I can like, she literally escaped and you know, okay, if, if this, if all things considered, this was no distractions whatsoever, Thea Hell has a chance and could be your champion. So I, I really think they did an awesome job of, again, we mentioned, you mentioned this with the Battle Royal, but they just, they continued it on here of just establishing a credible contender. Someone who, even if she do not win it anytime soon, you know that it's going to be a beautiful moment when she does finally climb a mountain like that because she's already shown you that she's capable of it. And you're right, seeing Andre Chase come back and Duke actually being happy to see him and them, you know, coming together and kind of reuniting. It's a great way of kind of picking up the crowd, uh, even though the crowd wasn't necessarily down that she lost, but it was a good way of just kind of getting the energy back up, getting him back in the fold. And, um, you know, now they are united front against Gulak and Dempsey and then uh, even, you know, uh, Tiffany going forward because after that, if you're Thea, you're like, oh, yeah, I got to get a shot at her again some ways, in shape, or form. So, yeah, man, I, I think it was a very, very nice uh, uh, segment, and they did a good job of building up and uh, everyone in this situation. I think everyone kind of got to upgrade, like even Dempsey and Gulak, and with their true intentions now being shown, or not even true intentions, but just that, that edgy side that we know that they have. We know how who Gulak is. Gulak going to hold that hold uh, a little bit longer, you know, Dempsey's gonna try to wrench it and try to hurt you. So I love that side of them coming out versus, you know, just helping out. The because honestly, at first when I uh, it was kind of weird. You kind of can tell by Duke's reaction when he found out she was training with him. It was weird at first that she was even training with him. So, but it was cool though. It's cool that she picked up a tool that now she's gonna now she's gonna be deadly to everyone with that Kimura. So it, I, again, I think this whole entire situation has helped everyone, and also the champion, too, because now she has a rival going forth
0: Yeah, and just imagine if Duke Hudson had turned on Andre Chase within three or four weeks of this angle, where they thought we were going to point, but because they've extended it, all these things can kind of blossom uh, as it happens. We see Kilana Jordan talk up Dana Brooke in the training room, and they agree to work together once a veteran healed up. Can't wait for Dana to turn on her. The NXT Tag Team Championships, Gallus versus Idris Noffi and, and Malik Blade. One thing I know about Blade and Malik, uh, about Blade and Anoffy is they do not talk to each other about their entrance or ring attires. You couldn't get two more different wrestlers. Look, I know Idris probably gets a little bit more money, so he can get more fancy stuff. But at least colour coordinate, guys. You know, it really is. You want to be tag team champions. That's what you want to do um they had coffee and wolfgang on the ropes however chan and stax lorenzo got involved he took out an offer he's setting up the title holders to hit the gallus gate for the win joe coffee was nowhere to be seen late we met the don in jail and played with a where the underboss said he was a new don so is stax working for gallus or is gallus setting up tony d or do we really care i'm sure we'll find out by the end of the update uh, we see the Diamond Mind interrupt Schism family meeting with Jagger Reed was up first, followed by Rip Fowler. They basically swerved us here as well, because even with, um, I think it was Jagger Reed not being in the kind of Schism outfit, and I thought, we do. October 14th, the former Grizzly Young Vets, their contracts expire, and when uh, it was set up for Creed Brothers vs. Dyad, loser leaves NXT. I was confident it was going to be one way and one way only. We'll find out, though. Uh, an interview with Mackenzie Mitchell. Metaphor tried to get Dahl to move on from the his Cup, but losing his baby clearly affected him. Of course it clearly affected him. He's been champion for two and a half years. You don't think it would. Bronco came out losing price. Prince even talked up their dynamic. Hank and Tank, as well as Axiom and Scripps. Watch the promo video closely. But Axiom this is one bit I did like. doesn't want to be a team. He wants the cup. He even says the cup is calling to him. So hopefully there's the end game. I
1: love it. And Reggie's chasing him like Because <laughs> <yeah. laughs> obviously one of you guys need the other more than the other one does. <laughs> uh,
0: and in a surprise, appearance, Prince Ray Ripley warned Kamala Hazel being involved with the Judgment Day's business. We then see NXT Heritage Cup Nathan Fraser versus Dragon Lee. Fraser sold the first pinfall off a Sunset Flip in the second round. Early in round four, Dragon pulled out a fall of, off the Dragon Bomb, but the Heritage Cup champ survived. The last second roll up with a side and fall in the fifth round. I mean, how can this not be good? You know, the Heritage Cup takes a little while to win, but it's a great match. My only issue is Dragon Lee because that's the second big match he's lost in a row now.
1: Yeah, uh, if it's one thing that uh, NXT is gonna do when you've uh, established yourself around the world, uh, not all the time, but if it's one thing they will do, they will uh, immediately humble you and be like, "No, this is NXT's Dragon league. <laughs> We're gonna, you, you're gonna have to earn these victories, I guess." Uh, and like you said, it did help that uh, that Nathan Fraser is just so uh, so good. You know, it was kind of cool. I, uh, it's funny to me though. The funny, the first thing I noticed about this match has absolutely nothing to do with the match, other than the fact that I was like, oh, they put the Brazilian with the guy, with the Mexican guy, and the Mexican with with Nathan <laughs> Frazier for some reason. So like, why? Wow, I wonder why they didn't do that. But anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, uh, the match itself, like you said, really, really great, great stuff. It, it does suck that Dragon League. Uh, has lost two of these but you know one of them he got totally screwed and then this one they did a good job of making it very very competitive and like it was a beat the clock type of situation but not even just that it was a, a bit be- like a roll-up right at the end so like it wasn't again they're losses but they're not you know with context it's like okay you can swallow those you can accept it he's still you can you should still be able to build him up from there but uh you know again uh, it's one it's the it's another thing too. I think it's another one of these situations where I think it's kinda of like with A Kid, they feel like if you put give them time, you put them in the ring, Dragon Lee'll be fine. And I and I don't necessarily disagree, but you're hundred percent right. You know, you can't always you can't make that a habit of not falling short, because again it can it can affect you. Uh but we'll see. I think it's just a long game with Dragon Lee. Uh you know, even if I know because I really am a fan of his work, I know that I that he's probably one of the closest to being ready that's already on the roster because of what I the talent that I know he can bring. NXT isn't about what I know he can do in the ring and all of that. You know, it's it's about uh, you know a lot more than that characters and telling stories. So we'll see. Uh, what they decide to do with him going forward. Uh, but eventually, he's going to have to stop being uh, a respectful loser or just a friend in this situation or just give up on the cup. Maybe it's time to go after Wesley <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, something like yeah, that. Or take a shot at or yeah, something. Like, yeah, no, yeah, you know. tag title, anything. Yeah. Put uh, up see, your goals. <laughs>
0: yeah. We see Gigi Dolan beat Keanu James afterwards. James laid out Dolan and dumped paint on her. Yeah, that'll work. Gable Stevenson helped train up Eddie Thorpe in his match uh, for NXT Underground. He promised to be in his corner. Must Ali and Tyler Bate both wanted an NXT North American Championship match. As he argued, Wesley just walked away. Ali versus Bate was announced for next week. Mr. Fo- uh, Mister Stone found Von Wagner struggling his backstage. Who doesn't? Come on, we've all got trauma. Blair Davenport attacked Roxanne Perez during NXT Level Up only in a week. He announced he would fight next week. Jace Jane talked a big game, but she's not ready for Laya Valkyrie, who caught with a forearm. Ray Ripley was impressed with Valkyrie. And then in the main event, NXT Championship, of Hayes versus Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin came out to one of his old themes in black gear that was reminiscent of the Lone Wolf gimmick. So there we go. It was all leading to this moment of him actually having not bad attire. <laughs> He actually did. What I love
1: yeah. is that it's, it's a section of fans who have no clue who the long one is. That's <laughs> <laughs> just how long he's been, probably. Like, uh, that's the thing about that. I know it's a kid out there like, what the, who the what the hell is he doing? Is this new?
0: <laughs> uh, to be fair, that is an excellent point. Uh, but Carmella Hayes was a match by Baron Corbin often in this match. Closest near falls of the match was after a pretty deep six with an extra rotation from Baron Corbin. But when it matters, Melo don't miss. He caught the lone wolf with DDT on the apron and nothing but net in the ring to win. Uh, The show ended with Bron Breaker yelling at Michaels in his office, then throwing down a camera and promising answers next week. But if we just look at the last two weeks, Gold Rush, I think has been a massive success and saying they should definitely do uh, next year, you know, in NXT. Because again, it worked, and it drew eyes, brought eyes to the product.
1: Yeah, I think I think overall, uh, the concept in general just uh, is a nice one. You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny that Battle of the Bills is soon because that's basically <laughs> what what Gold Rush is. You know, so I think yeah, I think uh, anytime you 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 let sto- not only just storylines culminate, but even if you don't, like, even if it's not. About the storylines all the time, even if it's in line with a story, but it's continuing, it can be continuing the story, but it's also putting a belt on the line and getting us competitive action. I think that's always going to be a, a plus. And you're 100% right, it definitely got uh, a lot more attention on the product. And as far as this main event match here goes, uh, again, Baron Corbin flashed a, a lot of what uh, that potential, a lot of what I think makes him great you know at times and he was just a really really good heel here with a nice strong offense and uh and Melo sold like a million bucks for the most point in this match for the most part in this match so it ended up being a really really compelling main event and i agree man this was a, this was definitely a success and um, yeah they should continue it. it you know annually hell every few months or so do a gold rush <laughs> yeah. show why not you know just just put the belts on iron and let them, let them go out there and do what they do
0: yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. We move on to July 4th, NXT penultimate episode, Roxanne Perez versus Blair Davenport. And Perez fought Davenport with all that she had, but still seemed to be weakened by recent attacks from a rival. Well, that's what I'm going to give to her, because ultimately Davenport took her down with a pair of V-triggers with Tate and Patsy nowhere to be seen. Uh, I don't know what's more surprising, you know, Blair winning or how clean she won.
1: Yeah, I, I, it it was surprising but it, again I think like you mentioned not only the prior attacks but it's just the the uh, approach in general of having a, the veteran uh you know cuz I think they've done a good job so far of portraying Roxanne as young as you know uh, it not not impulsive but you know she has that 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 youthful that fire that that can get you in trouble and I think honestly it's also just a strong moment for someone uh like Blair, who coming out coming back from this ret- return, out, not only after making so many enemies, you you wanted to to kind of pay off for her in this situation, so you can establish her as a main bad, uh, you know, person in the in in the women's division coming up. So I think that's kind of like what it happened, but it's definitely kind of shocking. She is definitely, I think Vic said it best. Like uh, Roxanne has definitely had a roller coaster of a year, and I think I kind of would kind of. Uh, it, it kind of reminds me of what young athletes who play basketball, even foot, even American football, a lot of times as a rookie, you, you start off very, very strong, and you kind of hit that, that rookie wall, as they call it in our sports. And I think that's kind of like the way she's been booked here. Like, she's, she's, you know, had a very, very nice run, was champion, but, you know, have kind of ran into that, uh, that, that metaphorical wall that she's going to have to, you know, find a way to overcome. And I think since she is a babyface and really, really good, At that, I think people can get behind her redemption. I don't know when it'll come, but she will definitely have to get back. But I think if you add another woman to the list (laughs) of people that Blair is going to have to watch out for going forward, though.
0: Yeah, well, like you said, though, after Gold Rush and it being the kind of success, I've always worried about the next episode of NXT. But to start off with kind of like Blair Davenport, Roxanne Perez, who we think very highly of. And there's no, you know, if they can stay injury free, they will be. New stars, not only on NXT, but kind of the main roster. So it's interesting to see the kind of story built there. Uh, like it is with Mustafa Ali and Tyler Bate, uh, who were fighting up next. Both fought hard throughout the match. The former finally got his opening when he tripped the latter on the top rope and hit a 450 splash to win. Afterwards, Ali finally declared he wanted a shot at Wesley at the Great American Bash. So another loss for Bate, but... Mustafa Ali versus Wesley is the match to make, really, at the bash, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I think you mentioned it was shocking how Blair did it. This was definitely, even though I guess you could say pushing him on the rope was was a you I'm know a dick it. move I'm or a dirty it. move. <laughs> okay, you, you'll take that? Okay, cool. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the, the dick move. But honestly, I don't think, I think it's like, even like Booker said, it was actually just smart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been, yeah. been more of a dick move to just push him off and just let him get hurt. But like, you know, dropping them down, you know, just a smart move in my opinion. But yeah, uh if you don't if it wasn't if that wasn't squeaky clean, it was definitely uh definitely a, a little bit dirty. Let's say it that way, or at least mildly dirty. You I still just, have to I've, clean I've got, it up. I've so to
0: protect my guy, you know. I've,
1: right, 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 right. <laughs> and yes, and that's another thing. You wanna protect bait. So I a hundred percent agree there. But this is definitely where we are going at. This is the finished product that we're gonna get. And honestly, uh we'll see man i think i think this might be uh the the most threatening this belt has been even though to be fair Wesley is putting this belt uh, up for grabs a lot so we'll see we'll see what Ali can do
0: it's going to be interesting and again i i think this is not over for Tyler bait so whatever happens no. between ali and and lee yeah, Bate bait will be waiting on the <laughs> other side <laughs> We see right. t- Tiffany Stratton interrupted Ivan Nile during an interview. Nile warned Stratton that she would make a tap out if they fought. We see a vignette taped in his own home. Baron Corbin talked about his mission to change the image of himself in XT. He started burning all of his old gimmicks. We were there for like 20 minutes. We, I couldn't believe how many bad gimmicks Baron Corbin has actually had.
1: Yeah, and it, honestly, the thing is, I was like, now, what makes you guys think the next one is going to work <laughs> to where he won't have to burn that one? Because that's the thing I was thinking about, because once you see the entire spectrum that he's been on so far in his career, it's like, wow, they really have seen, like, they've tried everything. <laughs> so it's like, like what? I'm like, damn, so you, the next one has to be good, because I'm assuming you don't intend on burning that one too, right?
0: <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what can they come up with? Like, unless it's like... Baron, Constable, <laughs> Lone Wolf, you know what I mean? Put all the gimmicks together and try and decide like <laughs> really long long king, heaven. you know, <laughs> king happy oh of Baron Corbin. Like, you know, but... Bum ass. Uh, exactly, bum <laughs> It's going to be... Uh, but again, Baron can do it. And i tell you someone who looked great, Booker T. I know you've mentioned him a couple of times, but he looked jacked. Like, not many commentators, like Magic yeah. Michael Cole wearing a vest on commentary. <laughs> like, it just <laughs> didn't work. Booker yeah, looked like he was having a time of his life and ready to wrestle. Like, you know, one more match. Yeah, he was
1: pumped. <laughs> definitely. Definitely, man. It's, 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 it's amazing to see, too, because, you know, like, uh, not, he hasn't been a full-time wrestler in a long time. So to, to still be in that, in that shape when, you know, he's basically just training people and working every now and then, it's, it's
0: really, really cool to see, man. <laughs> and like I said, we've been lucky enough on NXT. Of course, Vic Joseph has been a constant. But remember the kind of Beth Phoenix and uh, Wade Barrett combination and even kind of like Nigel McGuinness and people like this. And and now it's nice to know we've got Booker. You know, however long it lasts. Like Booker is making NXT even in his commentary entertainers. So I him- agree. Credit there and Vic that.
1: is just awesome too, oh, like you said, ultimate chameleon. See, like I thought the I thought he couldn't have better chemistry with you know with with someone after Baird or you know like you said uh, his time with Belph and all of that. But for some reason, him and Booker seems to get on quite well too. You know, it's just
0: it's been very entertaining. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, Debuting Kalena Jordan beat Tayden Patsley after Jordan that she chose the wrong friend in Dana Brooke. She backed off when Jordan challenged her for a match. Andre Chase recognised Duke Hudson and Fia Howe's great great in Chase You They turned their attention to taking down Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. Kamala Hayes and Tripp Williams challenged their judgment day to meet in NXT next week. Finn Balor accepted. Lucian Price and Bronco Nima will debut next week as well. NXT Underground, Eddie Thorpe versus Damon Kemp. Kemp dominated this match using his amateur wrestling background. However, after Eddie Thorpe injured the right arm of Kemp, he found an opening. He locked in a triangle choke and battled with rival with elbow strikes until the referee called for the bell. This was different. They took all the ropes off. If you've never seen a Royal Underground match, anybody listening, took all the ropes off uh, and had the wrestlers around ringside. Uh, the, the, the German to the outside looked wicked. I don't know if it's just because we never see that because of, obviously, not having ropes, but it looked good. Uh, Two things for you, though. First off, did you notice the kind of dropping in the taped commentary like it was like a video game at some points? And also, (laughs) Gabe doesn't want it public knowledge that Damon is his brother. That's the only thing I can guess.
1: Yeah, and you know what they have? It's it's very, very funny because even in the video packages coming into it, he's like, yeah, I say hi to his parents. And it's just like, Gabe, come on now like D- Damon's parents go act like we go act like we don't know. Okay, that's fine. Like we don't have, we don't have Google. That's cool. Uh <laughs> you know, that's fine. That's fine. I understand. This is Damon Kim, not Bobby, but sure. You know, they just look alike. Uh but <laughs> that's another thing you too. Is, like the resemblance that. is you also say, there. Like <laughs> the resemblance is also there. It's like <laughs> when they when they were standing right next to each other cuz I think at one point Damon just kind of looked at them. And I'm just like, yep, they look exactly like. Get them away from each other. If you're trying to convince me,
0: <laughs> it's just I don't know what I mean. Again, and Gabe suplexing four guys afterwards, you know, looking all right, and then gets well, nice. us what he wants and going, ah, uh, yeah, I'm you probably gonna go to Olympics. You know, I don't know. <laughs> like, it taking more time off. It's almost like you know, you know, they give him a chance. <sighs> and go, Here you go, you know, here's a contract, and he's like, well you know it's okay right six months right six months later you're coming back well it's just like again
1: it's taking so long that i'm way more interested in damon at this point like like i'm like yeah whatever give me what Damon's gonna do you know what i'm saying like now i understand why they separated them name wise because you just you'll be sitting around waiting forever at this point for them to come together as a team so it's just like Yeah, whatever. Like, he could come whenever he decides to come. I think it it has to be a reason, too, why he hasn't been used, even, you know, besides just wanting to do the amateur thing. I've read reports that he hasn't been progressing like they thought in the performance center. But, you know, Damon has been working. We see him all the way in NXT UK. So they have to have liked so far what they've seen from Damon. And I even have to say that he's improved leaps and bounds since the first time I saw him so Yeah, man, we'll see what happens with that, but it's kind of it's very off-putting, especially when you think about. It is weird, weird to me because I I never forget it. Like it's WrestleMania, man. They walking this man out weirdly (laughs) in segments that he didn't have anything to do with, and now he's just
0: who cares? It's like Kurt Angle in ECW where they him out the gold medal, (laughs) and he went well (laughs) crucifixion. Uh, not a huge fan. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, but it is it is going to be interesting. And like I said, it's the best Eddie Thorpe had looked as well. So getting interesting times ahead. It's just a shame Damon Kemp's not but like Diamond Mine because then that would have made, <laughs> you know what I mean, or a group to improve himself on. But... Uh Lyra Valkyrie beat JC Jane. We then see Channon Stax, Lorenzo, and Joe Coffee visit Tony D in prison to give them to lose. They had agreed to a match. If the underboss wins the don goes free. If the family gets a toll shot. If Coffee wins, Tony D has to face trial. I didn't know the American justice system worked like this, Monty. It's weird I, I now, we work a little bit differently. But I didn't know I I a, to you. a match.
1: <laughs> the American justice system is a lot of things. And most of them are not positive. But I will not say, I will not sit here and let this just go on like that. No, it don't work like that. It does not work like that. I don't, I, my whole thing is the way I, my the way my mind works, I'm just like, he can tell you anything he wants, but what makes you think he's going to retract his statement that, that or uh, whatever, whoever snitched? like at the end of the day. They have to have some type of evidence to be holding Tony D Islam. long. Usually, usually they have evidence because, like, I'm assuming if Tony D really comes from a family that he's portraying that he comes from, they have lawyers in their pockets for the most part. So some the fact that he's still in jail is telling me that they have evidence. Or something, right? They can't just have a statement from somebody and just go off that. That does nothing in real in real life. But this is wrestling. This is the wrestling world's justice system. And honestly, after DX went under the ring and it was a whole courtroom under it, the wrestling world system in general, is just completely different. I mean, think about all the time someone back in the Attitude Era got arrested for assault, oh like they used to take God, Austin yeah. out, I seen Vince get out, and they they're fine because a week later. Straight back out, you know. I guess the charges got dropped.
0: I don't know. (laughs) The only thing in the attitude era worse than being arrested and taken away by police was being taken away by an ambulance because you would drive the ambulance back in the (laughs) arena in an hour. And that would That that would be.
1: (laughs) It was like, what what poor EMT lost their job (laughs) on the side of the road?
0: Just just (laughs) took an ambulance. Um, oh my goodness. Anyway, talking about weird things or sad things even now. Uh, and Noam Dar looking at a picture of the Heritage Cup. Oh, man. Metaphor. It broke my heart, man. It's just, come on. Like, even metaphor going, oh, you know, you don't need that. And it's like, he does. You don't need he, it. He really does. That's it's, It it's,
1: made me get mad at them. I'm like, man, maybe they write yeah. about him buying the wrong friends Like, if
0: you knew anything about this, you would know this is his life. That's his lowest lane to his Superman, you know? Like, you can't come get on man. else. Just, you know. Uh Gigi Dolan vandalized the office of Jane, leaving a note nice for her to leave a note. Von Wagner was supposed to have a match with uh, big body <laughs> Harvey, but uh, Harvey just talked too much. and Wagner started a powerbomb through the announce table, which the crowd loved. In a loser leaves NXT, the Creed Brothers versus the Dyad, Ivan R took out Ava, but someone in the metal mask headbutted butted Julius. This set up Ticket to Mayhem to seal victory for the Dyad and end the NXT careers of the Whoa. Creed's. The Creed's walked out, ejected <laughs> a crowd chant of thank you, Creed's. And I realized WWE or NXT had fucked me again. Uh, I mean, well, this? this was shocking, shocking.
1: Oh, man, that finished, that definitely was shocking. I did love the match, too, because honestly, as the match was going on, I was like, this is cool. You kind of get a chance to see what makes the Dyad or, you know, Grizzly Young Vince so so damn good, you know, especially on the way out. I'm just like you assuming that this was on the way out. But yeah, that finish was a very, very nice swerve. But the beauty of this match is that even if you did assume like we did that this was about to die, yeah, it makes sense for the crease. This is one another one of those situations where, you know, when it comes to the crease, uh you can make a mellow is kinda is still in the middle of it, but he eventually he'll be here. And then you got Braun Breaker, like those, those those four guys. So far, they've done pretty much everything that you can, that you've able to do really in the NXT format. They they just seem to have it all together for the most part. So it does it did kind of make sense, but I did kind of think that maybe you could have made more time for the Creeds to finally get back to the top of the tag division, maybe again because they were still down there. You can make the case that they still had a little bit more time too, but you know uh, it, it was very very shocking, but it, it also was a, a very satisfying conclusion because it's like okay does now and then it made me also wonder does this mean that uh they've convinced the dyad to you know <laughs> stick it out or come back have they gave them new deal or is this just, it's just uh, a compelling yeah, way yeah. right yeah a compelling just way to do that and then have, eventually ball, yeah. they'll get replaced right right yeah. eventually they'll get replaced so i don't know we'll see the Colts' number is growing, even though we only know four four Roots. So yeah, that's another was, thing I've
0: noticed. <laughs> i tell you something, though. There was a big guy who was doing the eyes really well. So whoever, whatever right. advancement talent he is, <laughs> like he was doing his job. He was getting, you know, that deserved it. You mentioned Bron Breaker there, and Bron Breaker wanted to focus on his future beyond NXT, but Dragon Dragunov interrupted to face down his rival. A brawl broke out, and officials could not separate him. The locker room had to get involved. What's crazy, though, is... And again, something I hate, especially getting older, is when a, a young guy kind of makes points that pisses me off. And Bron Breaker highlighting he almost beat Seth Rollins with a spear after only 78 matches in his career made me fucking sick. <laughs> Thinking that it's only 78 <laughs> matches. He also, like, oh my God. He also said he beat LA Knight on his debut. Uh, and so again, you can't argue <laughs> for Bron. You know, 78 matches you. in his NXT run. You know, 79. I think they wanted us to forget he beat Gunther <laughs> Well, this is the same. Like, yeah. <laughs> like. like yeah. Well. well, Dragunov said he wanted the NXT Championship and Breaker was the only man in his way and he promised to eliminate him. And so we move on <laughs> to the last NXT, July 11th. The Judgment Day... Enjoyed a loud reaction from the Universal. Universe. I got to say, Judgment Day have been all over the place at the moment. Yeah. Like, raw, just. And again, this is a funny thing because there were people arguing about Judgment Day being a knockoff House of Black. What, a mm-hmm. year, year and a half ago, maybe, maybe even longer? Right, at first, yeah. You know? At first, yeah. <laughs> and look at the They have yeah.
1: shattered that. They've absolutely shattered that mode. Like, I, and I don't hate House of Black, I love them from a talent standpoint, but, you know, just like I know, character-wise or at least storytelling-wise, man, they haven't even scratched the surface of the heat and just the development so far that everyone in Judgment Day seem to have gotten. And uh, so, yeah, it may have started off kind of cultish or dark, like in that way, and I guess I could understand it, but really Judgment Day definitely came into their own and made their own thing, you know, nice even without Edge, too. Like, even with, when you think about the fact that this started with an Edge turn, And uh, just to see where they are now and how much of a prominent figure. Like we have the bloodline uh, storyline pretty much being the main focus on SmackDown. But if you're on Monday Night Raw, yes, we have world champions. Yes, we have Cody and Brock and whatever else they have going on. But that is the Judgment Day show also. So it's it's been wonderful to see just how great everyone so far is doing. And they've talked, they've hinted at it in the past about adding members. I don't know who or what they can do. Maybe that could screw this up. Like, honestly, they, they're all killing it so far right now that you just, I would leave it alone at the moment. And, uh, but yeah, right this way, man. I, I love that they were here too. Again, uh, we talk about that lack of star power from NXT. And once again, you felt it when these guys showed up, you know, Finn returning back home. And he, he, honestly, it was kind of beautiful. Everyone except Dom, you know, it was, it was
0: kind of great to see. They would have been cheered if it wasn't for Dom. Yes, and that's if dumb, dumb wasn't dumb, there. Yeah, if Dom wasn't there, they
1: would have loved to see him, right? But <laughs> Dom is getting so much nuclear heat that it doesn't matter wherever they go. He's gonna turn it that way. That's why again, as much as uh, people may not, some people may not be a fan of Dom. I think you're lying through your teeth if you can't see the potential and just how good. It's crazy. It's that all-time great babyface. Dom could be a all-time great heel, man. Like, honestly, I, he could be doing this for his whole career. That's just how much it seems like people hate him right
0: now. But <laughs> well, like you said as well, with with Hayes and Trick, who came uh, came out to a great reception, and it seems like, you know, Melo does need these guys who are a different level to who's around NXT at the time, and they challenged Balor and Priest to a match. I love the Prince. I mean, Comes back to NXT, it seems, every year. But again, I'm not going to moan, and it's the house that he built, and he was walking with a bit more swagger, probably trying to pull it on to overshadow Priest a little bit. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. Right, right. right. You know. Um, this is my house right yeah. here. <laughs> Dirty Dom, as always, could not speak over the entire audience. Uh, and it's weird to think at the Judgment Day, he's the only one, Dom, who's not been in NXT. The the one guy he probably
1: needs. Yeah, the guy who, <laughs> right, the guy who seems like he needs the most time to develop, uh, you know, character and just do things on his own. You would think that he, but he's the one guy who yep, skipped that whole entire step. And again, like I said, knocking it out the park currently, man, it's, uh, it's very, very amazing to think. Yeah.
0: Well, the crowd was completely behind Andre Chase as he made his return to the ring. He teamed with MVP Duke to take on Gulak and Dempsey. Fia Howard Gulak from the action with Camorra at ringside. Hudson and Chase hit the frat line on Charlie Dempsey to win and they were over like Rover. You know, like I said, everything is good again in the Chase universe. Von Wagner, thanked Mr Stone for helping himself for the first time. Cora Jay beat Clannard Jordan. Uh, Dana chased Jade off after. Lost the Furrios attempted to flirt with Feroz and Leon. Leone. But they were not interested. Dragon Lee and Nathan Fraser went, hey, they cornered us in the Heritage Cup. That meant something. All right? They're not just going to go with you guys. We've got, uh, <laughs> we've got a relationship. And then this is what i surprised about. Because we were talking about this, not on the pod, a couple of weeks ago. And I was thinking Brom Breaker versus the Dragonoff was a takeover level match. You know, I was surprised we didn't see it at the Great American Bash. But I was surprised to see it on NXt television uh, the mad dragon he took the win with a go dragon dive right into his spear barely managing to kick out he had put it away after captain a spear with a high knee followed by a low, low torpedo Moscow for the win um, like I said this could have been on a PLE. um th- this was just great this is the future here isn't it this is a match that we will see these two compete for championship in years to come
1: yeah, I 100% agree with that. Uh, I think, uh, like what you mentioned, seeing this in uh, in a primetime spot, I think that kind of comes back to like what we were talking about, them needing that star power or needing these bodies in the main event picture right now. Because, uh, honestly, the reason why I think it did happen at a premium live event is because it just made the most sense to do it now for the number one contendership spot, if you see what I'm saying. Because, honestly, other than dragging off at this point, who is at that level? Who is believable enough to even challenge Melo at this point? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that I think that kind of played a factor, and uh, and I think like you said, everything Braun has accomplished, beating everyone, uh, basically, and doing everything he's done already so far, that kind of plays a factor into why we, we we got this situation on NXT. But you're right to get this in not even in the main event, just a regular in the middle of the uh, of NXT. It's like I felt spoiled, and I think the quality of the match spoke to that, too. Like, I saw Braun Breakers holding on with a guy like Seth and look great, and I think the same thing happened here, man. He really, really looked great. And we we talked about this before. It's something about dragging off whenever he's just completely outsized like this, but really dragging off in general, he's just awesome. But when he's going against a bigger guy, it just it brings the brutality up to another level. You know, he likes to lay in a little bit. Um, harder and I think the guys he's fighting tried to break him in half and I think Braun definitely <laughs> did try to do that a oh couple of times yeah. so yeah it, it was very very beautiful to watch and I, I really enjoyed it like like you said I think this is definitely something we can revisit down the line and I think that's another great thing about Braun's run so far he has like you just mentioned not only the, the history that he has with guys who's already on the main roster, but some of this run that he has on the way that he's having on his way out, because I think we both know that eventually he will be uh, called up and doing his own thing on the main roster, uh, that he has a history with a lot of guys now that they can reference at some point and draw uh, a conclusion to, to give Brian Breaker some interesting stuff to do down the line. And uh, yeah, I, I I have to say, this was definitely one of my favorite matches of the entire batch of episode. I don't know if I, I, I probably would say I like this one a little bit better than even the Seth match. I don't know. This is really, really good.
0: Well, it, the thing about it is that you're not, you know, with like even if Seth and Bron, you're expecting like, Seth <sighs> to kind of raise him up. Seth but to win. Yeah. With this it's just two guys. I mean, again, it's they both spoke to each other. And, Let's just go hard, you know. And and it was like he takes so much punishment. And Bron looks like such a killer in this. Uh, I think my only thing that I was negative about was the, his facial hair. That's the, it's the only thing I didn't like in this entire match. I just, I just, <laughs> you I don't, don't like the little... No, no, I don't like squirrel. it. I'm clean shaven. Um, <laughs> Bron, though, like you said, 79 matches in NXT, fair play. He needs to go on the main roster and, well, I'm not saying beat Austin Fury for the US title, but once he gets on there, he needs a plan. Because like you said... Yeah, the future. So I'm sure that they will. And Vic Joseph as well made a great point that every WWE champion at the moment, you know, tag, US, etc., came through NXT, which is which is again a great point when you think about it's ten years of the Performance Center as well. (sighs) You know, amazing, right? And when you think how much the Performance Center has changed wrestling in ten years and NXT in itself, you know.
1: Yeah, and, like, develop their own style underneath the WWE umbrella, their own style, their own brand, and all. Like, for a long time, you know, just like I know, as a long-time fan, you know, if you weren't on um, SmackDown and Raw, it, you, it didn't matter. It just, that was, those were the end-all, be-all. That's all that WWE was for a long time. But then when you think about when they created the performance and when NXT became you know, became uh, what it was from FCW. It was just it was it was a completely different game, man. A completely different everything, and I think, like you said, to see yes, we, I think in these ten years, uh, we kind of it's it kind of funny. I got I got two minds on it because when watching and looking at all the ten year posts, it was cool to look at the progression and see where a lot of these guys and gals uh, have what where, where they've become. Where, you know, uh, you know, what they've become and where they come from and all that to see that progression is kind of it's really, really cool to see that. But it's also, uh, you know, when you're looking at that, you don't always get a chance to focus on a lot of times, a lot of the miscues. Like it hasn't been perfect. There's a lot of things that have not worked out that came out for the performance center. But the sheer amount of people and just talent that, that they've had come in and out of NXT, in and out of that performance center, and the fact that they just keep building more. Talent. That's another thing. Like we still, even in the newer faces, we still see the potential and the flashes and the reason why they're there. Like I keep saying, the improvement and all that improvement comes right back to the performance.
0: Yeah, I think without shadow of a doubt, it has changed wrestling as we know it. We then see Tiffany Stratton beating Ivy Nile. I'm impressed by both. Stratton was not happy about Chase U Student Section, chant she tapped out. Duke Hudson and Andrew Chase encouraged Hale to fight for a rematch and win the NXT Women's Championship. Wesley sounded uncertain about facing Mustafa Ali in interview. Mackenzie Mitchell. Dominic, Dirty Dom, challenged the NXT North America Championship, which we will see on the next update. Baron Cor- uh, Corbin drove out somewhere in the woods uh, with Whirlpool torches, stood hopefully to find his future. Schism offered Niall a spot in the growing family. She told him to go fuck off. And then the fate of Tony D, Shannon Stax Lorenzo beat Joe Coffey. It wasn't Stax. You see, he's just an idiot for getting himself in a three-on-one situation. Thank fuck, I suppose, for <laughs> Uber, You know? Uh, Bronco, Lima, and Lucian Price got in the face of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang at ringside. Apparently, this was to the extent of their promised NXT debut. <laughs> that's st- the debut. <laughs> that's the debut. But Stax... Stacks- Stacks gets the win. So Tony Dean Stacks versus Gallus. Are the Gallus boys in trouble come Great American Bash?
1: Yes. <laughs> and it's not, because, it's not because of the quality or of the team that they're facing or anything. Honestly, I almost would be aggravated to death that they wasted all of this television time building up this family familial bond or whatever they got going on, love story. Between Tony D and Stax, and then they just lose and we move on yeah. to to more skits. Like honestly, I think Gallus has to lose to them to make all of this crap worth it.
0: Well we'll see what happens there. Well, the main event, Camella Hayes and Trick Williams versus Judgment Day, Damien Priest and Finn Balor. Priest tried to use a money in the bank briefcase against Hayes. Will he ear off save the NXT champion? Mello knocked into him. This allowed the punishment to hit south of heaven and Finn Balor, the coup de grace, the A champion twice, I think, in many weeks. Uh, as for this then, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, Judgment Day, like I said, so hot. Really good main event. But is Balor versus Hayes in the future? And is that overshadowing Ea, Dragunov's chance against Hayes in Great Bank Bash?
1: I was too mad. I think, honestly, I think they did. I thought it was genius, though, to involve Dragunov and give Him and Melo are kind of like, because I can already see the promo next week now of Melo basically telling Dragon off, stay out of my business and that type of thing and all of that. So, you know, that could possibly, I love his involvement because of that. I thought it did give them something to actually have a problem with each other about, because honestly, other than the belt going into Great American Bash, they don't really have any reason to not really go uh, at each other other than just both of them wants to be the best. Uh, and, but yeah, 100%. I, I, do, I do think it's interesting, like you said, that Finn Balor has beat him, beaten him twice and, and it's clean and, and it's fine. Somewhere down the line. I'm not sure if it's going to be, I don't know exactly when, but it does seem like Finn Balor versus Carmelo for the title should be in the cards at some point. But honestly, who knows at this point? Like, maybe this was all just a vehicle to also reinforce Judgment Day is together right now, because that's another thing that I thought was a positive, that, if, you know, coming off what they did on Raw in a, in a tag yeah, match together... always
0: uh, worries me, doesn't it, you? Like, we've watched yeah. this thing enough to be like, oh, the pattern on the head. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, God.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, 100%. 100%. I agree. I can see it. It's just, I don't necessarily know Honestly, I don't see that. I don't think it would be the end. I think either way, Melo would probably come out on top in that one, even though he's lost to him twice, because it just doesn't really make a lot of sense, in my opinion, to even give Finn Balor that belt, unless you're just going for the visual of one day getting the whole judgment they yeah, it up at some point, I guess. Just, but who it's, knows?
0: Like, it's like in Balor's contract to being an NXT champion every year. Yes, right? he
1: has to win the <laughs> title. <laughs> Six-time
0: NXT champion. This my contract. I got to go to NXT. Uh, win a title. But no, let's talk about It, it is interesting, though. And like I said, this is very interesting. though. These six episodes and Great American Bash coming up as well uh, at the end of July. We know, like I said, dragon off versus Kamala Hayes. Uh, we know it's going to be what a And Stax versus um, Gallus. Tiffany Gallus. Stratton, Fia Hale looks like it's possible. Most likely. Mustafa Ali yeah. and, of course, Wesley. Lee. So, interesting times ahead. So, what are your thoughts on this past batch of episodes this past month or so? And what are your hopes going into Great American Bash?
1: I think my initial takeaway was, like, whoever booked NXT UK, and I used to always compliment the logic in their week-to-week booking, even in the vignettes. I think that that that, that they basically have definitely passed that on to NXT. Because even, if, even the segments I could care less about... Uh, in all honesty, uh, was really, really uh, good, you know, and, like, and it made sense when it comes to, uh, like, what they were doing. Like, I I don't really care about the Tony D stuff and how long they've kept this going on, uh, especially when I know how the legal system works. (laughs) But uh, it's it's still interesting enough to where I'm like, okay, we're probably going to get a payoff at some point uh, in the tag, you know, when it comes to the tag team titles. You know, Thea Hale, like you said, the the ascension of her and, like, how good that she is, whether she ends up winning the title soon or not, she is uh, 100% in a better position than she was at the beginning of the storyline. Uh, you know, even the insignificant, the not-as-important not, not as important stories, you know, uh, when it comes to, like, uh, Gigi and uh, Kiana, all of that stuff, it make, it's been making logical sense, even if it isn't the greatest thing in the world. And so I, I, I do... Love what they've been doing on a week-to-week basis when it comes to their storytelling, uh, and it, and I think the I think the best thing about it is it's so it, it's so much more of an interesting show these days. And I don't know if it's just because of the main roster uh, influence and having more of those talents on there. I think that definitely helps, but it's also just been the, the heritage cup quality of those matches where Lee's run being continuous. But again, it's like. Whenever they, whenever these runs by babyface are getting very, very good and interesting, and they've they've been long running, you're always looking around that, you know, the corner like, damn, when is when is this time gonna run out? And I think that's kind of like where we at with Wesley, even though he's been doing great as champion. So uh, I think it's been a lot of positives, man. Like you said, some of the strongest stuff, uh, if you're just going off a week to week basis of like some of the strongest stuff in wrestling right now has been some of the stuff that they've been doing on NXT even if it is uh, completely different. And I think it's been different in a good way so far, but we'll see. We'll have to, uh, we have to give it time. You know, I, I I love the fact that they have overcome a lot of the garbage that we kind of uh, had to go through. Like, yeah, some of it is still cringe word. some of it is still, okay, I probably wouldn't have did that, but it's completely leaps and bounds better than some of the stuff we had to sit through.
0: Yeah, like I said, I do... And again, I don't know what the old saying is about strong tide raises all ships or something like this, but WWE being so hot at the moment is going to help NXT in itself become, you know, a better show. And I would say, finally, like this NXT now is probably the best NXT there's been since all the changes from Black and Gold. And even before that, you know, you'd be hard-pressed. Yes, maybe main event, you know, NXT title challenges. But the women's division is good. I think maybe the strongest it's been in a long time. NXT tag team division, you know, there's a few teams there. And, of course, North American. Uh, and throwing the Heritage Cup with Nathan Fraser. Like you said, it's the hybrid NXT UK-NXT. But it is worth watching. And like I said, even the stuff that's not that great doesn't last long, you know. You, you get through it.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. None of, it, none of it is upsetting to the point to where it's like, yeah, man, get this out get this out of the way. Like, it's just, it's, it all, like you said, it doesn't stay too long. It doesn't bother you. And then I also can see where they're going in a lot of those cases, too. You know, even with the newer talent, like, uh, you know, that I remember them, you could tell some of the people uh, in 2.0 when they were doing that, some of the new faces they put on the screen, you can be like, why the hell did y'all put them, <laughs> why the hell you put them out there and you know they're not ready for much? And you know what I'm saying? And now you can see that even if it is a five-minute match or just a throwaway type of match, even with Kehlani, uh debut and all of that, you see a little bit of the flashes of why she's on television. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now now, now I can get behind some of the storytelling and some of the stuff that they have going on. And, uh, yeah, I think going forward, you're 100% right. Honestly, WWE's just been so good in general overall that it seems to be rubbing off on their storytelling too because I can – Everything I just said about the logical next step in the storyline, I pretty much can say uh, for the most part in the main roster too. They've been doing a really good job of taking that next step and it all making sense. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm very optimistic to see what the bash is going to look like and the fallout from that or what we do going into that, how we lead up to it. And we're going to get Dragonall versus Mellow, man. I, I, I honestly don't think they have to do much storytelling to get us there, but like, I can already see that match being absolutely insane. So I can't wait.
0: Yeah, it's you versus me again. You know, like they always do it. <laughs> <don't they>? Right. <laughs> yeah, here we go again, man. Here we go again. Who's going to come out on top? Well, that is it for today. Like I said, NXT update is always fun to do. Don't forget, of course, all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR Jar. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and listen to you? at
1: Mind of Monty Pod on Twitter. Uh my my preview of the G1 is now going to turn into an update because you know life happens and that's basically the only way I only way I can explain it. But uh definitely check out my links uh on my Twitter page and go to YouTube, subscribe to Mind of Monty for more updates on what I'll be doing, what I'll be talking about. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited it's G1 time, so I'm just watching wrestling Almost 25
0: hours a day. Yes, I understand the mistake I made. I did it on purpose. Uh, double O-R on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all Google platforms. Send us the email at, at and YouTube, doublelapodcasts. podcast with all X clips. Podcasts got the same time on YouTube. We do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes. You can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, Monty, I'm giving you more wrestling to watch as well. Because next weekend, we are going to review SummerSlam 1992. Now I'm hoping you're familiar with this event in itself. It's probably yes, the I am. biggest I'm... British you know, event in thirty years.
1: Yes, I'm familiar with it and mostly the main event, so this will be my first time probably watching it in its entirety. Well no, I think I saw I saw the Road Warriors match, right? Didn't they come out on the motorcycles? Yeah, I they think, came on the motorcycle. Like that, that, that day You've so, got yeah. so, Undertaker
0: yeah. coming out against Kamala as well, which is one of the most iconic entrances. Oh, wow. uh, and I <laughs> think it's Macho and Ultimate Warrior builds the show oh, midway goodness. through. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, I
1: so promise. it's going to be interesting for me to uh, go back to this era of wrestling. But I, yeah, it's going to be cool.
0: Yeah, it's going to be definitely different. And like I said this is more, especially for Jackson and Gina, uh, to to kind of see this show. And, you know, like, realize when we've got Wembley next month. And, of course, with SummerSlam, just a couple of weeks away as well, just how important this event was in wrestling history. But until then, I have been joined by the mind of Monty. And, again, Monty, thank you very much for joining me and looking after our baby this month in NXT. (laughs) Anytime,
1: anytime. I can't wait to keep keep the train moving, man. It's just, every every day is something new, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I said, it is going to be busy on the WNR. We're going to have, like I said, the G1, SummerSlam, All In, and everything else thrown in, of course, the great American Bash on the next update. So it's good for you be beside. Uh, and yeah, like I said, another great show. Salute. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening, buddy. And bye.